Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Hey friends, today is May 9th and this is our mid-season episode for season two. We are going to talk a little bit today about what's uh, going on with us and where we're at and some projects we're working on. Um, So I will ask my lovely co-host and good friend, Hien, what's on your mind today? Hi Zara, what is on my mind today? I think what's on my mind today is that I am just wanting to get through the day, to be honest, (laughs) like get through the day and get through the week. It's just, that's what's on my mind. And then also like, it's nice outside today. And I'm just hoping that it continues to be nice outside Um, as we are in spring now, but you know, with the weather in the Pacific Northwest, it gets kind of rainy, but yeah, that's where, that's where my mind is like, get through the day, get through the week, enjoy the weather. I love that. Get through the day, get through the week, enjoy the weather. That's like a very simple mantra that I think we should all be adopting. Should is, sorry, relative there. I'm not trying to force anyone to do anything. Um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate the honesty with that. Yeah. Um, what about you, Zara? What's on your mind? Um, well... is not what I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Um, But uh, what is on my mind, because you were like, I'm just trying to get through the week. And I was like, oh, yeah, I too am trying to get through the week. And this is a hard week. This is the anniversary week of my dad's death. So that will be last week when this comes out for all of you. Um, And it will be three years, which is sad and hard. Yeah. And I don't want to give excuses for that because that just is what it is. And grief, I will spout this until the day I die. Grief is not something you get over. It is something you learn to live with. Um, So yeah, it doesn't feel like a tidal wave all the time, but it does suck. So yeah, Uh, my heart goes out to everyone who has lost someone in their life because it sucks. Um, Yeah. On a less downer note, though, (laughs) our rights are being stripped away from us. So that's pretty exciting. You know, we like to keep it nice and lively over here. What are we talking about? Death and abortion. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Zara, I was just going to say, like, that is the most wild and funny transition ever. Because, like, I just know people listening are going to be like, what the fuck? But then also hopefully laugh with us. Because, like... (laughs) First of all, Zara, I just want to say, though, like, you know, I love you and my heart goes out to you and your family, you know, with the loss of your dad and and like the the grief that I know this week is going to feel like you say you live with it. But, you know, it's just like really going to feel probably more present, like really present this week. And secondly, yeah, I think, oh, wow, <laughs> we're going to go right into abortion rights being stripped. Um, that is 
is a very heavy topic as well. And right now, as we're talking, pro- it'll probably be the same next week, but there's a lot of stuff happening about like around, around it. And um, I mean, clearly, Zara and I don't want this to be happening. <laughs> And I don't even know, I mean, Zara, I feel like you probably have a lot of thoughts you want to share on it. So you can start because uh, for me, it's a lot of, uh, it's just a lot of like, OMG, this is just a lot of feelings that I'm feeling about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely have a lot of feelings, but I have a lot of thoughts and I feel very passionately um, I missed a bit of what you're saying because I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb and my headphones are also connected to it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's going real well over here at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution today. But um, yeah, I want to say, I mean, there's so much to say about Roe v. Wade. And I think what's really important is to acknowledge that we are not constitutional lawyers. We do not have a background in politics. Uh, I have a background in philosophy. Hian has a background in philosophy and economics. Um, so we do. do have I some... actually, I do have a, well, my full degree is politics, philosophy, and economics. So I do have like yeah. the most one-on-one like politics background. <laughs> yes. I also was a uh, political science major for a little while and I graduated with a legal studies minor. So we, we have a little bit of knowledge. So we aren't like assholes just talking about nothing. But I do want to acknowledge that there are people who know more about this and who have uh, a lot more to say about it. Um, Gosh, I wish I had a better way of promoting their content, but um, at the, I think it's at Love Broccoli and their name is CJ. They talk a lot about it on their page on TikTok. If you are on TikTok, please, I highly recommend that. And we'll leave that in the notes because I think their page is really important. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about the aspect of Roe v. Wade of the urgency and the fire and the anger that I believe a lot of folks, particularly, sorry, white women, white women (laughs) are experiencing right now. And I don't think this extends to only white women. I think there are lots of people that this extends to, but I think, uh, I don't want to hear about the handmaid's tale anymore. Um, (laughs) But like there are black and brown women and non-binary folks who have been doing this work for so long and working their asses off. Um, So instead of organizing a makeshift strike that does not account for the working class, find a mutual aid fund, like a mutual aid abortion fund, find uh, Google labor organizers in your city, uh, get involved with, and I have a lot of reservations saying this because I have issues with the Democratic Socialists of America, but I think it's a good way of getting involved with people who share similar ideals. And it's a great jumping off point for finding mutual aid organizations. Um, in your area, because we are the most educated generation. I'm talking to millennials and even Gen Z, that's the ones under us. Um, Yeah, we are highly educated. 
we have known survival and struggle our entire lives, especially if you are a person of color, especially if you are black or brown, especially if you have a disability or are marginalized in another way that I am not thinking of off the top of my head. Um, we, I don't want us to struggle. I don't want us to have to use the resilience that we have been had forced upon us to survive in this world. And that is a resource that allows us to keep working and keep at it. I think that the ruling class is trying to break us right now. I'm going on a real tirade, but um, Yen is thumbs upping me. So I'm going to keep going. But um, the ruling class is really trying to break our spirits right now by throwing so much at us. And in, there is, and I feel this as well, a desire to just go out with anger and rage and do a thing real quick, like run at a protest or do a one-time donation to Planned Parenthood. Um, and while those actions are not entirely useless, they are not what we need to be moving forward and not what we need in this fight. So like I said, and I will say it again, and there are a lot of other people who are saying it more eloquently and with more resources than I am, find your local mutual aid groups, get involved. Uh, we need to be figuring out how to support working class folks and marginalized folks in our society and developing systems and networks that support them because when they are supported, all of the rest of us are supported. So take your anger, funnel it in to doing something and not starting your own thing. Find black, indigenous, folks of color, disabled folks who are already doing the work, because guess what? We're all late to the party if we're not already part of those. And that's okay. We don't need to judge ourselves. We don't need to like shame ourselves, but we do need to recognize where we are and recognize where we want to go because this is the beginning of it. Because Roe v. Wade, a lot of other important legal precedents are associated with Roe v. Wade, including access to contraceptions, uh, contraceptives, access for women to have their own bank accounts, things like Loving v. Virginia, which allows for interracial marriage, um, many other factors, civil rights, I'm sure disability rights, lots of things I am not adding to this conversation, but that I'm sure we are all thinking of and people who are listening are hopefully screaming, you forgot this thing, you forgot that thing which is good because we all need help, right? We can't do this alone. I can't know everything alone. You at home can't know everything alone. He and can't know everything alone. So find those groups and figure out what your lane is and get involved in it because we all need to be a part of it. And our anger is not useful if we are screaming into the wind. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh, Might've been five minutes, but please he and. Thank you so much, Zara, for saying all of that. Um, I think it may have been a little bit longer than five minutes, but hey, I thumbs you I up. I believe that. I gave you the thumbs up because I felt like what you said uh, needs to be heard. And, you know, I'm sure that people who listen to us, a lot of them like agree with us. And so like, hey, if you already agree with us and you're doing all this, like, that's great. I love it. Um, if if you want to. Um, 
if you feel that what Zara said makes a lot of sense, like, you know, please feel free to share this episode with other folks who need to hear it. Because I just think that I, what is interesting about what you said is that the conversation around what's happening with Roe v. Wade has been making me feel really like hopeless. Like, I'll be honest, like, it's just been making me feel really like hopeless and like uh, bordering on despair but I'll be honest I've mostly been kind of numbing it it's like I feel so many things I don't even know what I'm feeling that I'm just kind of numb like I'll just be honest and to hear you talk about it though with like so much passion and conviction of like yeah but there are things that you can be doing like getting involved and like listening to folks who are really listening and supporting folks who are already really doing the work um, mostly you know black and brown folks and disabled folks um, I feel like that gave me perspective that even though it's a very serious topic that I don't feel as hopeless. Like I don't, I don't want to say I feel hopeful because I don't, but I feel less hopeless. And I just want to thank you for that Zara, because like I really needed that little rant or talk or whatever you would consider. I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I needed to hear that. I am glad that at least Yen found it beneficial. Um, and hopefully, yeah, like Yen said, if you want to share it with people, please share it with people because we need messages of hope and I'm not being unrealistic. Also, um, if black and brown and indigenous folks tell you they don't want to vote because they are disheartened, mind your fucking business. Um, while I am a big believer in voting and I think that it is one of our last lines of defense at this moment, not our last, but a, a big line of defense we can still use, maybe. I have mixed feelings about it, but again, you don't need to be telling black and brown people what they should do. Just shut up and listen because most of them have been doing more than you for their entire lives. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I have apparently strong feelings today and no filter ever. So, you know, here we are. Um, but yeah, the, I just, yeah. Hien, uh, if you have anything else to say about Roe v. Wade, of course, feel free. Well, you know, something I think about is <sighs> going back, I'm going like, to go back to like my college classes. And I think I've told you, I think Zara, we've had a lot of conversations. I think I probably mentioned this before, but I'll just say it as um, I'm not like trying to be hopeful or anything. That sounds weird to say. It's like, I'm not trying to be hopeful, but I just want to give like and a sort of description of a little bit of what I'm seeing that like I learned about in college. <laughs> but I, so I took a class um, that was about law and I can't remember exactly what the class was called, but we had discussions about like the Supreme Court and like, how, like the sort of um, discussion on like how much does the cor court really have power versus like um like you know when they make their decisions it's it's we had these conversations like okay like how much did that matter versus how how much like culturally it was going to go that way anyways or like, like how much does it matter because like um congress was going to codify something anyway that discussions about that and um one of the things that i remember from that class was um this discussion on like how there's always going to be backlash when something big happens. And so I think about it a lot with everything, basically everything that's polarizing or considered polarizing that I see in politics within the last, since 2016, basically. Um, I think about it as like backlash of like, 
this idea that like, yeah, when you do something really big and splashy, um, then there's going to be backlash. Like people are going to get mad and try to like, you know, revoke your rights, I guess. It's like when you finally give people the rights, people are going to get mad and try to revoke your rights. That's kind of the idea of it. And so um, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, yeah, they are doing this because we did make some big progress in society. We did make progress. And because they're mad, they're mad because they feel threatened by it and they can't handle it. And so that's why there's this backlash of trying to like, I don't know, take us back 50 years or whatever, like just to make things worse for all of us and, and especially the most vulnerable. Um, and so that's just something that's kind of been on my heart is just seeing the backlash and, and there's backlash every time. And so maybe there will also be a big backlash in the other way to push us forward again. I mean, hopefully, right? Um, that's kind of what I hope, but I don't really know, but I'm just kind of describing based on my, my little knowledge, my, my undergrad degree and what I learned in the conversations we talked about. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I'll leave it at that, Zara. Yes. Um, I love that because that is true. I am going to go back to follow fairy because I used him a lot in my undergraduate thesis and, you know, I have a lot of information about his, but he talks about this a lot. Um, when, the oppressed class gains some level of humanity and moves away from being oppressed. The oppressor class feels like their rights are being taken away because their quote unquote freedoms are being challenged in the sense that they can no longer just openly oppress other people. Um, so yeah, yeah, the reason they are pushing back so hard is because we are making progress, so yeah keep pushing us forward we are not lost we are tired we are so tired but we are not lost friends we are not lost um so find those local groups around you mutual aid um yeah <laughs> yeah and so another thing we were wanting to talk about with this you know mid-season episode is on some things that like we've been doing here at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution um, and also a little bit of reflection on season two so far. Um, and so, Bazaar, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the co-working hours that you are starting up? Yes. Okay. So we had our first one, I don't know, last week. Um, so a couple of weeks ago when you're listening to this and we are hoping to do more in June and further on. But um, earlier in the year, I was part of a group that had that offered co-working hours and I felt that the values were aligned, but that seemed to be something that was hard to uh, keep those values as actions, if that makes sense. And so upon leaving that group, I was like, well, who am I going to co-work with? Where am I going to find a group that shares my values that are like anti-capitalist and left-leaning? I shouldn't have said anti-capitalist because I feel like that feels like we're going to be stigmatized. Um, not stigmatized, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be on a list somewhere. I'm already on a bunch of lists, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's funny. I'll tell you this story later, Zara, but I know I'm already on a list somewhere. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. 
my last name is Muhammad Ali. I don't that I've been on a list probably since 9-11. But besides that, no. So I wanted to um, build a co-working space where you can come and do work work. You can come and do homework, schoolwork, housework. You can just come and log on and play Candy Crush on your phone for 25 minutes each session. I don't know, do a puzzle. Um, (laughs) But just a space that is an accountability space um, for people who wanna get work done and wanna be around people um, and maybe are working remotely or not working or working from home or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, and so they're set up like Pomodoro style. So 25 minutes of work, five minutes of break, so on and so forth for about two hours. Um, so it, we had our first one. It was really great. Um, but yeah, come and join us. You don't have to talk. You can have your mic on your camera or you can have your camera on or off. Obviously don't have your mic on while we're all doing work because it's kind of rude. Um, but we would love to see you and talk to you on breaks or not talk to you. Yeah. So that's a little bit. I hope to do more of those. Yeah. Yeah. And talk a little bit about meditation and chill because that is one of the best events. So um, meditation and show is something that I had been doing since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Um, and throughout it, I took some breaks for a few months, but I've decided to start doing meditation and show through thoughtful wellness revolution. And so, I mean, it's more or less the same thing where you come and we meditate. It's a guided meditation by me for about 30 minutes. And then the, for the last 15 minutes, it's just time to chill and catch up and talk. And so um, I am still continuing to do that on a monthly basis, and at least at this point. And so I'll tell you now um, that on uh, May 19th is going to be the next uh, meditation and chill event at 1 p.m. Pacific. And so make sure you check the show notes um, to find out how to sign up for it. Um, But yeah, it's just something that I hope to continue because I find that it's a very low stakes, um, event. I mean, for everyone involved, you know, I'm, I'm not really doing anything super fancy. I'm just guiding meditation, very simple, usually simple meditation. Um, and then we can just hang out and there's no need to worry about really anything. Cause I just encourage folks to just kind of show up and be, um, you know, just be as you are. And I have always kept it free. I think in my original marketing for it, I've always said that if you do feel like you want to give me something to please consider giving it to, you know, your local food bank or mutual aid group, I've always encouraged that. And so, um, yeah, I still encourage that it's free, but if you want to give something, um, you know, please just give to someone who needs it in your community. Um, and so, oh, also a really cool thing about it is that I meant to start that group for like my local folks in like Tacoma, but like it's become like national and international. Like I usually have people from other states who come. So that's kind of cool. And some Canadian friends who come as well. Um, so that is meditation and chill. Um, Sorry, do you want to talk about some future stuff that we're planning? Maybe a course? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So in pure Zara fashion, I have not written out what I want to say about this, and I will be winging it. So I apologize for the length of this in advance. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep it short. Don't worry, folks. Hien's face just went, oh, no. 
because we both know how much I can talk. That's what it is. Um, okay, but future events. So what we are, as I have expressed on this podcast before, and I'm sure Hien has expressed before, we are not huge fans of the coaching industry for many reasons, including uh, boss babe energy, to keep it short. Um, and we both, but I do love the Enneagram. And uh, so I have been talking to Hien a lot about how do we, how do we share and teach the Enneagram in a way that is not gross uh, or boss baby or like, um, I just called it boss baby. <laughs> um, it is a vibe though. It really is a vibe. Um, <laughs> okay, I need a minute. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Zara. Um, I did hear you say that. Um, and I was just like, I'm just gonna let it slide. <laughs> but yes, um, you know what we're talking about, folks. We're talking about that boss babe-like energy where it's like hustle and grind and like no rest until you make it to the top, which is like making six figures or whatever. That that sort of BS and, where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly what Hannah's saying. And I want to add, it's a bit of that like mindfulness of like the reason you're learning about yourself and doing self-growth stuff and all that stuff is so that you can be the most efficient version of yourself. And like, I don't fucking care about that. And I don't think that anyone should do that because it feels gross and weird. You're not a robot. You're a human, um, which is getting back to the course ideas. We really want to help, not help. We want to facilitate spaces where people can get in touch with their humanity by recognizing how their Enneagram type works and shows up for them in their everyday life and in the context of, I guess, for lack of a better term, social change, right? So like, um, like perhaps if you're an Enneagram three and you're like the achiever, so you're just gonna keep pushing through and I'll just join this cause and do this cause and do this thing and do this thing. But what if like, what's really revolutionary for you is rest, right? And what if building space for that and there makes space for rest actually brings room for more change, you know? So uh, teaching people a bit about teaching, that's a word I have, I wrote a whole thesis on, it's got a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we wanna facilitate space to uh, talk about the Enneagram, talk about uh, leftist concepts and what our role is in this very fertile time of social change and of equity and justice searches in society. Um, yeah. Did I, did I summarize that pretty well? And then not 5,000. Yes. Words? Yes. No, I was Woo! just gonna, I, I was, I'm giving you thumbs up like all day today. Um, but also I'm just thinking like, I was just thinking like, you're doing great, sweetie. You know, that like little Chris Jenner line, like you're, you're doing awesome, sweetie. Um, because yeah, I think you basically summarize what it is that we've talked about, what it is that you've begun to outline um, is that we basically want to have a space 
we're calling it a course just because I don't know that's that's a word to use um, but basically a space where folks can be with us to learn about the Enneagram and explore the Enneagram in day-to-day -day life as well as like you know how the Enneagram can be a tool to help you also um, like what it's like looking at the world around you and like how you're interacting with it and definitely we want to talk about you call it leftist concepts and like I wonder if like there's a better term for us to use but we've been both we've been both saying those words but meaning that we are wanting folks to be able to have tools where they can make a difference in the world around them um and of course it's no surprise that Zara and I are left it's a this is a left-leaning podcast like it's no surprise surprise um, <laughs> right like, it's no surprise and like we've never tried to hide it like I, I mean I certainly I have been screaming about it for as long as I can remember so yeah and so like we don't want and we that's the thing is we don't want to hide it that like you know the world is political and like it's, it'd be good to have tools to meet the moments because gosh don't we have so many political shit to get through right like we were just talking about Roe v. Wade you know like and and so yeah we just wanted it we are wanting this in my head, it just feels like a comprehensive space to talk about the Enneagram and life. Like yes. Yeah. And I, I love what you said. And I think you like providing people with tools and space to uh, kind of recognize their role. And I want to say that we have been calling this an anti-coaching group because look, Hian and I don't have the answers for you. We don't have a fucking system that if you do these five things every day, you're going to be your best self. You're going to be your most leftist self or your, no. Um, but what we have a lot of background in is facilitation, um, philosophy, uh, facilitating discussions and um, supporting people and achieving what they want to achieve. And like, I don't know how you can be part of the social change, but I know that you have skills that you know would be beneficial, but you don't know how to apply them and you don't know where to apply them. And maybe it's overwhelming. And so like creating the space for you to have space in your life to discuss that and figure that out. Cause like, again, we don't have the solutions. We're not going to, you're not going to come and join us and be like, Oh, Cesar and Hien said I should protest outside my local uh, local officials office, you know, like maybe that's for you. But like I have a medical condition where that would be the least beneficial use of my skills and time. I would just pass out in front of the local officials office every day, which I mean, would make a scene. I don't know. Maybe that would be better. That's a different story. <laughs> but yeah, we don't have the answers. We're not trying to give you the answers, but we do want to build a space to have these discussions and help make it like, how do you quote unquote fight for social change and not be a burnt out disaster all the time? Who's going, how the fuck am I going to just survive? Um, Cause like, yeah, I want us all to survive and I want us all not to be living under this hellscape. Um, so yeah, now that I've added a, an extra 250,000 words, um that's what we're doing and I know that we hadn't planned on talking about this but I want to talk about it and just give a little thing because you said you're doing amazing sweetie um 
which reminded me that uh, after season two is done, we are not 100% sure when we're going to start this, but Hannah and I have been talking about creating a bonus segment on our Substack, which will release episodes where they're not interviews, but they're going to be discussions Hannah and I have about pop culture uh, and leftist and wellness takes. Um, so if you want to hear us just like absolutely uh, deconstruct what, like obviously there's great web people doing that out here. Like I think her name is Jess Bree on TikTok. And I know there's Kardashian Colloquium um, who break down pop culture stuff, but we're going to do that with a leftist take. So it's going to be fun. Hear us eviscerate the Kardashians once or twice over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, definitely can't wait to do all that because and it's interesting because, you know, Zara, like clearly both you and I think about these things with our unique perspectives, but like, and we talk about it when we're together, but it would just be really cool to also, you know, have it out there because I'm sure we're not the only ones who think how we think and feel like it needs to be said, you know? Um, and so I can't wait for that. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, where we're at in season two? Like, where are we at in season two? Zara like who have we talked to um we have already talked to everyone we talked to this season because we record the seasons in advance um and yet somehow every week Kian and I talk about how relevant these episodes are like we recorded them last week um or yesterday um and we have had the pleasure of speaking to a radical nurse midwife named Lena Wood a writer and Enneagram teacher Chichi Agoram and the lovely Denise Chang, who is a trauma, somatic trauma resolution practitioner. Um, and man, these people have filled us with just some really beautiful wisdom and words of, I don't want to say optimism because that negates the like full spectrum. <laughs> of what they have offered us. But yeah, just like, I don't know. I left all those conversations feeling so hopeful and I listened to them again, feeling so hopeful. And yeah, yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to say about them? I just think that each of them and the conversations we had with them felt really relevant for our time and continues to feel relevant for our time because shit keeps happening like shit keeps happening and so like you know I've been thinking lately about I mean I've been thinking about Lena lately um because Lena is a full spectrum midwife and so I've been thinking about how you know part of Lena's journey which if you go back to that episode you can listen is like how she started with doing like abortion advocacy work and with like Planned Parenthood and stuff and how as like a midwife her role isn't just taking care of pregnant people but also people who may not want to be pregnant and like offering like the abortion pill and things like that and I just think about how like that is such an important role right now and it feels like like I feel especially protective of like midwives like Lena I suppose at this point um and and then I think about like Chi Chi who is like also a four like me. And so I'm clearly biased. Um, but, you know, just uh, Chi Chi talking about joy and how it is, it is still important, even with 
all the shit happening is to still find opportunities for joy and to take that 11 seconds to let that joy really sink in for you. And, you know, that's something that is still going to be important. You know what? Six months from now, that advice is still going to be really important, I'm sure. And then, you know, Denise is just, I just love Denise so much. Like, I feel like I have like, I feel like I'm like a little Denise fan. Like whenever I see like Denise post on Instagram, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then I'm like, oh, should I respond to their story? Or will they think I'm like annoying or weird or something? But they're just a really cool person. And, you know, they talk about somatics and a nervous system and gives insight that like, I think all of us will still also need in six months of like, how to take care of your nervous system or like think about your nervous system and somatics uh, because my nervous system has not been the same since 2016 Zara and I'll just leave it at that I think all of our nervous systems have been permanently dysregulated for the last several years um yeah yeah and I love what you said about Denise because I also responded to one of their stories this week and I thought the same thing and I was like they're just so cool I don't know if this is annoying but then we got into a really good conversation and I was like see this is why you're so cool um, but yeah and one thing I really love about Denise is the way they explain somatics in how do I say this in a way because I don't like the word simplistic I don't mean to make it sound like they dumbed it down because they didn't at all. Um, but they talked to it in a way, talk about it in a way that's accessible. And I think that's what makes somatics sound so elusive quite regularly is that you're like, yeah, but what is somatics, you know? And they're just like, somatics are a relationship with your body and X, Y, Z and blah, 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 which you should listen to the episode. If you haven't, go check it out right now. We'll wait, come back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I agree. I think we've had some amazing guests and I'm so excited because we're about to have on our next guest who is my cousin. So I'm very proud because she is quite a genius. Um, Inara Valiani and we you don't want to miss this episode because if your nervous system like our nervous systems and the rest of the world's nervous systems have been burned out for the last several years you need to check out this episode because Inara uh, is so lovely and talks to us about the medical model of health and how that's bullshit <laughs> and and she didn't say she didn't say that because she is much more eloquent than I am. Um, but we also talk about the social model of health, which will give you a lot more insight as to why your health is not just what you eat and how much you exercise your body. Let's just say that. Yeah, Yen, do you have anything else to say about the episode? Well, you know, clearly the episode with Anara is still relevant because one of the things I remember her saying, um, and I can't remember if it's in the main episode or the bonus episode, because both of those conversations were great, is that so she works in public health. She's a master's student in um, public health. And one of the things that I remember her saying was that, you know, public health 
you know that it's, and I'm paraphrasing, you know that it's working when you don't have to think about it. But unfortunately, we're all thinking about it because we're still in the middle of a freaking pandemic and it's still impacting all of us. Um, and so I will say this because I don't think I've said this on like, yeah, I don't think I said this on the actual podcast is that I just recently uh, got COVID and I'm recovering from COVID. And so, yeah, it's clearly a relevant topic to me to think about public health because our public health officials, um, they are, <laughs> they and, and well, not the public health people, but I guess like the government is like failing us when it comes to public health policies. Um, and so that's just something that it's going to be relevant for, I'm, af- I'm afraid, Zara, a bit longer than I would like it to be relevant, like like us thinking about public health. going to be relevant for a long time. Uh, the Spanish flu was around a lot longer than the two years they talked about it. Um, and people wore masks then. So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Now we've decided also, friends, this is not like a masks make you morally superior to other people conversation, but this is a reminder that we wear masks because you don't know. Look, my dad had cancer for four years and was on chemo for four years. Um, and he was six months. He had terminal cancer. He was only supposed to live six months. He did not look like he was about to die until a few months before he died. You do not know when you go to the grocery store, if someone is undergoing chemotherapy, if they have an autoimmune disease, if they live or in charge of care for an elder or someone with a disability, you do not know. That's why we wear our masks. Obviously, there are a lot of other opinions about this, but please recognize if someone is wearing a mask, it is not a conversation for you to have with them. It is a thing for you to respect because we don't do them just for ourselves. We do them for our larger community and that's why we use them. I'm gonna get off my soapbox, but yeah, check out Anara's episode because we do get into some really interesting stuff. I wish I could spend an episode without getting at least on one or two soapboxes, but if you've been along for the podcast, you know who I am at this point. Yes, Zara, and we love you for it, okay? We love you and your soapbox uh, moments. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, obviously I agree with Zara, like no doubt about it. I still wear my mask out in public, like no doubt about it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited for Anar's episode, which is also gonna come out this week. It's coming out on the 18th of May. So in just two days after the release of this episode, Um, And so please give it a listen. She's wonderful and we really appreciate her. And obviously Zara loves her because they're cousins. And it's so funny because like, they're so similar. Like I remember (laughs) Zara is always apologizing saying like, oh my gosh, sorry, like I'm rambling. And I remember she did literally the same thing. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm rambling now. And I'm like, no girl, keep talking. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, Zara, is there anything else you want to say before we close? Yeah. Okay. So this episode comes out, I believe on the 16th, correct? Um, So that means this week, if you have not already signed up meditation and chill, which is a free meditation event, you do not need any experience as a meditator. You can come camera on camera off. All you need to do is follow the link that will be in this episode. Sign up, join us. We would love to see you.
All right. And that's all for now, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Bye for now. Hey, friends. This is Zara. I am just hopping back on. Um, So as I stated earlier in the episode, I lost my father to colon cancer. So I am going to give you all a little PSA here and say that if you experience things like, I'm really sorry, we're going to talk about poop, but if you experience things like changes in your bowel habits, if you have uh, diarrhea, constipation that is consistent or changing, if you have any sort of rectal bleeding, if you have abdominal discomfort, gas, cramps, pain, any of that stuff, um, get a colonoscopy. Colon cancer is in a rising risk amongst younger people. It is protect or it is, I don't want to say preventable. It is very treatable if you catch it early. I myself have had a colonoscopy and I've had an adenoma removed. Uh, It is easy, simple. I understand there are um, barriers in our healthcare system regarding insurance. Um, But if you do have insurance, uh, colonoscopies are preventative care. So you can get them covered under most insurances. Uh, If you are over the age of 35, I recommend going if you have any of the symptoms I listed earlier. If you have a family member who has had or died of colon cancer, please go five to 10 years earlier than the age they were when they were diagnosed. If you don't have any other problems beforehand, obviously it's more ideal to go before that. Um, Yeah, so this is my little PSA please take care of yourselves. I obviously understand there are barriers to healthcare access, but if you have the availability and the option and the opportunity, and if you can't, I am so sorry. And I wish I had more resources to provide you with a way to do this, but please, please, please go get tested. It is treatable. It is preventable. And I love you all. And I, I hope you are all safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for $5 a month. You can also follow us on Instagram at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution to share your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening. 